Welcome to Everybody Loves California Figs. This podcast features conversations with growers, chefs, retailers, dietitians, and more. Anybody and everybody who loves California figs. And that's a lot of people. California figs are growing in popularity due to their nutritional profile, versatile flavor, and overall deliciousness. Are you a fig fan? Then this podcast is for you. Welcome to this episode of Everybody Loves California Figs. I'm your host, Joel Hastings, coming to you from Madera, California, in the heart of the fig industry. We're really pleased that our guest this time is one of the most celebrated chefs in America. He's Robert Del Grande, the executive chef and partner in the Annie Cafe and Bar in Houston, Texas. He's been recognized time and again with prestigious industry awards, including from the James Beard Foundation and Food and Wine Magazine's Honor Roll of American Chefs. He's been inducted into the who's who of American cooking. A California native, he received his BS in chemistry and biology from the University of San Francisco, and then his PhD in biochemistry from the University of California at Riverside. He pivoted career paths while courting his wife, Mimi. Robert ventured to Houston with Mimi to visit her sister and brother-in-law who had opened Cafe Annie two years earlier. They needed a chef. So Robert began experimenting in the kitchen, soon becoming executive chef and partner. And the rest, as they say, is history. In addition to restaurants, Robert has also done ideation and food concept work for several national restaurant chains and other food groups, including California Figs. He is a founding partner in the Roxor Artisan Spirits Company, where, using his knowledge of the laboratory sciences, he developed the intricate formula for Roxor Gems. A true Renaissance man, Robert also finds time to play in his band, The Barbed Wires, and here's the award I think is the best of all. Robert was named, quote, one of the coolest people in food, unquote, by the Daily Meal. What a pleasure to be speaking with you, Robert. Thanks for taking time to talk about California figs. Well, I always love to talk about California figs. You are a native Californian, so you probably had some uh, childhood experience with figs, maybe. Tell us about it. Well, I grew up in San Francisco and we had an enormous mission fig tree. I say enormous because I was still pretty little, so everything seemed enormous at that time. But uh, I always, you know, I thought that the figs were like little miracles in the trees. I'd actually climb up in it to pick them and they're always so delicious, so luscious. And it was like my, um, my perfect snack right from Mother Nature. I was from upstate New York, and so the apple tree provided some of that same opportunity, but I didn't have the early experience from figs, and, and many of us don't. So talk a little bit about the different variety of California figs and how their flavor profiles influence maybe how you use them. Sure. Well, the thing to remember is that they're all equally delicious and interchangeable, so there's no worries about what's right and what's wrong. All of them work perfectly. I think the fresh ones, you know, they, the, you have the dark mission figs, which are, and the brown turkey figs, which are a little bit more meaty, very dark, sort of berry sort of scent to them. And then the green ones, like the, the tiger figs or the Godota figs or Sierra figs, I think they're a little more, for me, per perfumey, a little lighter and aromatic. But again, they work, they work in all dishes equally well. And dry figs, mostly you see the dark ones, which are missions, or the golden figs. And there again, too, they both work equally well, one a little more earthy, one a little more flowery. One aspect that we see is the growing popularity of California figs uh, because they're appearing on fine dining menus around the country. 
Uh, what, what are you looking at when you see the work of your fellow chefs? Well, I think um, the thing about figs is that they're a very unique flavor. That's kind of part of their magic. So they stand out kind of on their own, but their uniqueness sort of lends to all sorts of different uses. And that's what chefs really love, a versatile ingredient. And in the case of figs, they work both equally well in um, sweet application, but also savory ones. So you see quite a bit of savory use of figs with chefs. A little pinch of salt, you can sear it. Uh, they work well across the board. I'm always fascinated with figs and seafood, which is a nice combination, but you'll see them with birds like chicken or quail. Uh, and then first courses in, in salads and uh, little bits of dried meat or something. So you could see in the kitchen, you have a great product, it's fresh, it's sort of really immediate, but the doors to creativity are wide open. Everybody Loves California Figs is brought to you by the California Fig Industry. California has the perfect climate for growing figs, which is why 100% of dried and 98% of fresh commercially grown figs in the United States are from California. The California fig industry is passionate and takes the utmost care in growing, harvesting, and packaging the most sustainable, delicious fruit in the world. Figs are naturally sweet with no added sugar and provide five grams of fiber per serving. Look for California figs at your favorite restaurant or local grocery store in the produce or dried fruit aisles. For more information, visit CaliforniaFigs.com. With that in mind, in your own restaurants, on your own menus, what are some of your favorite dishes that your customers really respond to? Well, you know, um, we use the dried figs all year round, and it's the, it's the basis of our house steak sauce, and we use figs for not only the dark, rich color and flavor, but a natural sweetness to it. Uh, when we're using chilies, because we're in Texas, so we'll use like smoked chili, chipotle chili, we'll add a little fig to balance the spiciness. They work really well in, uh, in glazes, if you want to glaze something and get that beautiful caramel look. But then we get creative too. I mean, I've been fascinated by again, figs and seafood and octopus with dried figs, a little seafood, uh, seaweed is really great. And just the other day I had made a, a liver mousse and it just had said it was very creamy. And one of my sous chefs stole a little bit and then put it on a piece of toast and then handed it back to me with a, a slice of fresh tiger fig on top. So simple. And I thought this is one of the best things I've ever tasted. That's how easy cooking with California figs can be. Well, that sounds delicious for sure. You're an important contributor to the new California Fig Cookbook. Uh, let, let's talk a little bit about this project. Sure. You know, it's a wonderful uh, history of little inspirations along the way, a compilation. So over the years, I've done recipes for, for California figs, depending on what the occasion was. If it was, say, summer outdoor grilling, we'd put recipes together for that. And they were all sort of separate ones, all equally inspired. But then the book takes all those inspirations and, and puts them together in kind of a wonderful, unique story, uh, a real sort of, uh, you know, farm to table sort of story because there are beautiful photographs and stories of how the things are grown and then all the dishes, the recipes are great with the photographs. And I think it just gives you a complete picture of the fig from the tree to the table. And the recipes take you from uh, first courses right through to desserts, too. All of them, yeah. And that's when you really see the wide variety of uses uh, for California figs from the first course to the last. One of the things that really interests me in the book is the uh, pictures of some of the growers, the family farmers who are, and for generations, have grown California figs. Yeah, I found that the great part of the book because, I mean, sometimes we think that uh, these beautiful bits of produce come from nowhere. You, you know, they just show up in the store. And to see the whole 
amount of effort that goes into to raising them that as a as a cook as a chef you have to take that into appreciate that sense when you're doing a dish how much work went into it so as I said earlier that California fig is so delicious you don't have to do that much with it because so much of the work has been done by the by the farmer and that kind of respect for how it's grown I think can really uh, influence how you cook production of the book is really elegant as well. Uh, I do have a publishing background, so I particularly appreciate it. And uh, we can let people know that they can find it on the California Fig website, which is californiafigs.com. When we take those recipes, uh, chef, from the cookbook into our home kitchen, what are some of the important things we should keep in mind when we cook at home with California figs? Well, I think, as I said before, you... um it's easy because nothing can really go wrong. They always are going to add a little bit of complexity, kind of an alluring dynamic to the dish. And I've never found a use that didn't work. But you can treat them two ways. One, particularly fresh figs, let them stand alone by themselves. Have them up, they're in season, have them up in uh, front and center in the dish. The dry figs, I, you know, I think of them a lot like salt and pepper. You're adding little bits of touches to the dish along the way. I, I like to add a little bit of fried fig to my tomato sauce for pasta, which just gives it a little bit of richness. Sometimes, a neat little trick, I add a couple dried figs to my chicken stock for soup. It adds a little amber color and a little bit of richness, all natural and just so simple. Another thought when we're working with figs at home, uh, sometimes we introduce them to our kids maybe, or folks who haven't been familiar with them. Maybe they're even a little bit of a picky eater. Uh, Any thoughts on how we can introduce figs to those folks? Sure, I think uh, kids can be picky eaters and adults can be picky eaters as well. But it really comes down to that, you know, most people are going to be a little shy about eating something that they don't know what it is. That's just how we're sort of built. So I'm not, I don't understand it. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try it. So what I usually do is try to associate it with something that we're very familiar with. So with kids, for example, they like peanut butter and jelly sandwich or peanut butter and jam. So you can do... Uh, a peanut butter and fig jam sandwich introduced the idea of a fig, but I love it. And I've just done this a little bit of peanut butter on a piece of toast. You smash a fresh fig on the top and it's wonderful. And now you can, you can put two favorite things together that I love peanut butter and with figs, it's even better. Now with kids, just one, this is just my observation. Always seems to work. They may be picky eaters, but if you put it on a pizza, they'll eat it. So try some dried figs on top of a pizza. I think the kids will go crazy. I'm sure that's good advice. You have an academic background as well with advanced degrees uh, in food science. As we look at snack foods today and other prepared foods, we're seeing uh, more and more emphasis on what what we might call clean labels with fewer long chemical names on the ingredients. I think California figs fit here too, don't they? They certainly do because... um... As I said, they, they can be a flavor that stands up front, but they can also have a very supporting role to other flavors. So if you need a little sweetness in a dish, uh, you could add some figs that bring the sweetness naturally with other flavors as well to make it more complex. Um, I think um, certainly you'll see, I think figs have a good antioxidant quality, so those things can help in preserving some foods that, that you normally see chemical names on the labels. But also I've done some, a little bit of work with, uh, I noticed that figs can lower the need for salt, for sodium particularly. So if you have a, want a lower salt diet, figs along the way can actually reduce the need for salt, which is what you see in a lot of things. A lot of salt makes things taste better. I think figs is a natural way to make things taste better. 
So it's just, just more natural approach and you know, the fate can fit all those slots in a very subtle way. Well, we're a ways from the holidays, but when we get there, we do sing a song that includes figgy pudding. I have to ask you, as a food expert, is there such a thing, and can we prepare it at home, or what's, what's the background? Well, sure. I mean, figgy pudding, I'm, it's, it's a good lyric for a song because it sings well, but it's a long, long history, probably going back to the, into the Middle Ages, where they used figs a lot in both savory and sweet combinations. And that idea of a pudding, a little different than the American one, sort of a, a creamy custardy thing. These are more like cakes. They were thickened with bread or flour and then enriched with spices and certainly with, uh, with figs. So figgy meaning figs having a lot of figs in it. And I think, you know, at the holidays, which is sort of a time to celebrate, would you like a pudding or a figgy pudding? It just sounded so rich and full of figs and different spices. So that's why I think it's so attractive, not just pudding, but figgy pudding. Speaking of uh, holiday meals, and we won't spend a lot of time since they're a ways off yet, but I've heard you talk about uh, a recipe with, with a roast chicken uh, where you put figs uh, even under the skin. Just just mention that, that, uh, that effort. Sure. It sounds delicious. It's one of my favorite recipes because it's a real in-season recipe when you have fresh figs. And, you know, buy them and I eat some if I don't eat them all you know when they're just sitting in the basket but some of them I would just flatten a little bit and slip under the skin of the chicken and then roast it so the figs would roast under the skin with all the juices of the chicken just marvelous and for such a, a very simple recipe it just again sort of captures the the unique flavor of figs it just makes a dish that just stands out and you know the season is on it's one of my favorite ones fun to do too as we wrap up here, and I'm sorry we have to do that, but uh, we always ask our guests a question that uh, I enjoy hearing the answers to. And with you as an award-winning chef, uh, I'm particularly interested to hear what you say. Uh, what is your very favorite way to enjoy California figs? Well, I, I hate to sound so simple, but right out of the basket, just grab it by the stem and eat it. Because, they're, again, there's just unique magical flavor. But I take a very simple approach. One thing I like with fresh ones particularly is to smash them. It's not a very difficult technique. You just smash it with the blade of a knife. And then I'll add a little bit of, say, mustard to it, even sometimes a tiny bit of anchovy. And you get an instant like steak sauce, very, very savory, just like honey mustard, sort of fig and mustard. And it goes with chicken, goes with fish, and it takes two seconds. It's so easy. One of my favorite things. Well, Chef Robert Del Grande, thank you so much for being with us. Well, I enjoy talking with this. I always love talking about California figs. Thanks once again to our guest, Chef Robert Del Grande of the Annie Cafe in Houston, Texas. We appreciate your sharing your expertise and your love of California figs. To our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast app. For information about the cookbook and for more fig recipes, go to the website californiafigs.com. And until next time, keep enjoying delicious California food.